Welcome to the Heal Utah podcast, your source for politics, culture, economics, and everything in between through an environmental lens. Cool Clothing, based here in Salt Lake City, is a product-driven apparel company with a passion for the outdoor experience. They are a group of artists, designers, and athletes who collaborate to create great products that are timeless and in constant state of evolution. Born in the mountains of Utah, their innovative designs and technical fabrics have been enhancing movement and outfitting adventures for 30 years. Find them online at cool.com, K-U-H-L.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Heal podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Shea, Heal's senior policy associate, and we are lucky here today to have Missy Grice, who, man, you just have, there's just so many titles, like uh, like power influencer, small business owner, you know, fashion icon. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're getting away from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, Missy has been a, a stalwart of the, of the community for, how long have you been in Salt Lake? 22 years 22 in February. 22 years, mm-hmm. yes. But we, you know, we wanted to talk to you and bring you on the show today because you, you really, you are a, a small business owner here in, in Salt Lake, and and small businesses have, you know, such an important role to play in, um, in, in you know, the sustainable economy, creating a sustainable and green economy. Um, and you are the owner of of uh, Public Coffee. Um, uh, I would say probably one of the most successful uh, coffee places in Salt Lake. If you haven't had a chance to, to go there, we'll, we'll put it up on the website. It's amazing, great atmosphere, um, amazing coffee, amazing food. Um, but, you know, you try, you are certainly one of the most active in terms of, of making your business um, green and sustainable. Maybe you could just kind of go through kind yeah. of what that looks like and how yeah. you, when you first were starting the company, you know, what were your yeah. what were your goals? So a little background. I grew up in Colorado in a small town, which um, the the lifestyle there, I think it was, it was our obligation to take care of our community and, and take care of the earth. And that's just how I was raised. And then coming here, um, it was probably about 10, 12 years ago that my daughter's school started a um, more sustainably focused curriculum and um, and also trying to just encourage the school community to participate. So anti um, or no idling policies and starting a composting program and things like that. And so the kids were coming home with a lot more education. And so starting public, I think the biggest thing was um, air quality and the fact that we have such a problem here. Um, So coffee roasting is really not a very clean (laughs) business. Um, But we... Why, Why is that? Well, when you roast coffee, you actually are emitting. And oh, it's wow. it's pretty significant. So you can buy a really um, fabulous roaster, and some are gas and some are infrared. Ours is infrared, so we don't pull natural gas. And then the accessory piece to the equipment is equal in price, which is about $50,000, um, which is an oxidizer. 
And so ours filters out 96% of the crap that would be going out into the air. Oh, wow. So if you're standing right next to our building when we're roasting, you will probably smell that. It smells a little bit like burnt toast. And how, well, how does, how does the roasting process work? Just to kay. give, give it a Okay, so the green coffee comes in, and um, it goes through the large roaster about 26 pounds every 15 minutes. Um, so it's quick for the most part, but we have an infrared drum, so it heats and is moved through that through infrared heat, and then mm. it does, though, burn off. So right, which creates emissions. It, yeah, and it's not, you know, it's dirty. And we're in Salt Lake City, and I just felt like when we were starting, I, my responsibility and my obligation to myself, um, to the community, to the neighbors, we have a big apartment complex next door, um, was to do the best we could. And so we invested in that machine. And then in addition, we put solar on the roof. So we pull um, over 15 kilowatts for the entire building, which is 12,000 square feet, and that includes the cafe and the event space and the roastery. But um, the roastery pulls about eight, nine. So our roastery process is covered by our solar, which is 15 kilowatts. Oh, very cool. Um, and it's really like kind of, I, I just like knowing that it's up there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. It yeah. just makes me feel like we're doing something. And the other part of it is that my employees, for the most part, are really conscientious. And we talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, we have monthly meetings, and we'll try to work in things about how we can be better. But it's very complicated. Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. very complicated. From hot cups, which are not compostable in the state of Utah um, because of the lining. Yeah. Um, what makes them, you know, water retentive. Right, right. So, um, but, you know, we'd use compostable cold cups and compostable coffee filters, and we compost all the grounds from all four locations. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard path to walk because everybody wants to give you advice. <laughs> and um, there are some inner workings of the business that you just, you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, what is, I mean, what is that balance? Because you are a business. You need mm -hmm. to be profitable. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to, um, you know, pay your employees, mm -hmm. you know, buy inventory and maintenance, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, you know, you mentioned monthly meetings with your employees. I mean, how do you go through that calculation of, of that, you know, we can we can afford to to you know implement these this much sustainability policies, but you know maybe we can't quite get to this area. Um, you know, it's definitely financially based, but at times we do we make concessions. You know, we will we will make less money in order to use these filters or these cups. Um, <coughs> you know, one of the other things is just customer feedback, and. We've moved to paper straws for about four days. It, I mean, it was mutiny. Really? Well, mm -hmm. let's get into that because because yeah. straws. If uh, I'm sure, if if most people know that yeah. uh, there was a video of a turtle with a straw up its nose, uh, which yeah. is very sad. Um, but it spurned this whole, uh, you know, almost a global movement to move mm -hmm. away from plastic straws. Right. And uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's difficult because, you know, 
the most of our plastics end up in in landfills, and the vast majority of plastics that come go into the ocean come from almost I think nine rivers in Asia and Africa. Um, but it's this cultural zeitgeist, and so it's almost like you have to have to do it, even though impacts could be greater elsewhere. So how yeah. I mean, how did you well, how did you manage that? So a couple of cool things happened. One was the feedback was hands down like we don't want paper straws. Right. Okay. So then it was, well, should we be selling aluminum straws? Um, we had some really cool customers at Public Kitchen bring in aluminum straws for all of my employees, which we thought was fantastic. So the employees had them, but there was very little inquiry from the customer side of where did you get that or can we buy those here? Um, so what we've done is um, at the restaurants, we have straws upon request and we have no straws for the takeout section for to-go drinks at the restaurants. Um, but at the other two, we have to put them out because this is the balance you're talking about. So every time an employee has to go get a straw to hand to a customer for a to-go drink at a coffee house, that's time. Right. And it's disrupting their r- workflow. So at the strictly public coffee locations, we have them there. At the restaurants, they need to request them. Mm-hmm. And they're plastic. But I have to say, like, I have to be okay with that. Right. Um, we, we do have solar. We do have one of the only oxidizers in the valley. Um, Cafe Ibis up in Logan, they have two roasters and two oxidizers. And I think everybody knows that Ibis was kind of one of the leaders in Utah um, of doing coffee roasting and doing coffee right. in, in the state. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they took that initiative... We did it, and I, I think there may be two others in the state. Mm-hmm. So that makes four of us only wow. that are trying to clean it up Yeah, because it's not it's not the most sustainable business, you know. Right. But, yeah. but I love the response when people find out we have solar and they find out that we have the oxidizer. Um, and we source as much as we can locally, milk, jam, bread. Um, anything we can get locally, we, we do that. We, we source our apparel locally. Um, we, we just really like to work with the local companies. Our brew equipment that we sell on retail is from St. Anthony and they're literally across the street from our West Temple location. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So we sell local, you know, brewing equipment if we can, but it is, it's, it's very complicated and then recycling restrictions are changing. So, okay. How important is it for us to pay the extra money every month to have recycling dumpsters now? I mean, where's it going? Where's it going? No, that's the big question right now. But we're in it, and we're in it with momentum, and we are in it with Wasatch Resource Recovery, which is that food digester up north. Right. Um, And that's an interesting process. I really need to take a, a stronger look at that, but we were one of the first restaurants to sign on with them because they take everything. They can take food waste and packaging, um, but it's just how it comes out the other end. I just don't know exactly how it's diverted. Right. But we're participating through momentum with them. Very cool. We're doing what we can. Yeah. No, yeah. Abso- absolutely. Is there, I mean, is there, you know, if you could, you know, look across your business landscape, I mean, is there something that could change, whether that be government regulations or, you know, 
more participation amongst uh, coffee roasters or or something that you know if, if that changed for the positive it would make you know it would make life for you as you know a sustainable business owner you know easier I mean yeah. is there like a I mean it would be nice if we had more of a government regulated recycling like we go through a private company costs more mm-hmm. um, four locations eight dumpsters you know and and you can't go to the dumpster company and say and they're private and say hey we've got four locations we want a discount you yeah. know and that's you know their trucks are on the road and then you're kind of like oh geez here comes a polluting truck to pick up your dumpster <laughs> you know but like I just think it would be it would be nice if the state would get more involved to help those companies that are doing the work mm-hmm. I think but I don't really think I have an answer to. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, Nisha, good, you a know. really good point. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to a, a small business owner that, you know, that's looking at their business, you know, they, you know, margins, of course, are tight, mm-hmm. um, but they really do want to try to do the right thing and make mm-hmm. their business more sustainable. I mean, what, you know, what, what's a good thing for them to kind of focus on, to look at, to, to do yeah. that? I think you start out with with big dreams and then I think you have to be ready to be nimble and adjust because you'll find out what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, we've added we've added, I think, three different um, or three additional green waste containers. You know, one was just not doing it at West Temple, especially, yeah. you know, um, but, you know, OK, so there's an added expense. We weren't really counting on that. But OK, where are we going to cut? in order to make this work because this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but being nimble and then also talking to other business owners, mm-hmm. you know, finding out what they're doing. Um, we don't have, um, the, the location-wise, we don't have neighbors in all locations necessarily that we can help each other out just because they're, they're very mixed use. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were like in a restaurant row, you know, that would be the dream. You know, uh, you could you all share. Yeah. 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 Things like that. But I think I think you just you go with big dreams and then you just you very quickly just know. See what sticks. Yeah. And you can't you can't please everybody and you can't do it all. Right. Right. You no. Know, if you're going to make it. Right. Yeah. It, it takes a village to be sustainable. It takes a village. And you also have a wide customer base. If you're successful, you're you're drawing in everybody. So you're going to get as many people that don't know what composting is. Yeah to the people that are emailing you about <laughs> why you're not doing X, Y, Z. Right, right. That are really educated, and I love those emails because it opens our eyes to what's important to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again so much for, for coming on. It's uh, so good to see you again. Any, yes, always a pleasure. Any any last words of wisdom to our, our massive Heal podcast audience out there? I We just want to encourage people to bring your own mug. Please bring your own mug. We love it when we see that. So well, doesn't and get we much honor simpler it. than that. Yep. Bring your own mug. Bring your own you mug. Heard it here. To any of the four publics, we would love to see you. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you again for joining us Thanks, uh, on the on the Heal podcast. I'm Michael Shea, Heal Senior Policy Associate, Missy Grice, owner of Public Coffee. Thanks for listening and supporting the Heal Utah podcast. Join us next time where we will keep looking at politics, culture, economics, and everything in between through an environmental lens.